One of the things that makes people not to stand for a long time as a believer is that they cannot endure hardness. That is, they can be a believer when things are okay. But when there's a little more pressure, they are no longer believers. They cannot endure hardness. Very many people cannot endure hardness. When things are a little bit hard, they don't seem to relate that God can allow them go through something hard. So the Bible says, endure hardness as good soldiers. is to say very many times God will deliberately allow things to be a little bit tough just to make you tougher God will allow some things not to be the way you predicted just because of the training he wants to make you to become but for people that God decided to increase their little hardness they become extraordinarily strong and able to do some great and powerful things because God had trained them on time. So the Bible says, endure hardness as soldiers. When God is training you, he doesn't hate you. He loves you more than the person he's pampering. See, when God checks history, and see great people like Idahosa and wants to recycle such people in our generation. Sometimes we don't want to go through it because we feel they are too hard for us. If you don't go through it, how will you become what God has always planned for you? Second Timothy chapter 2 Please be upstanding as we read God's word together. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness. Tell somebody, get ready to endure hardness. Tell somebody, get ready to endure hardness. Okay, so endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warrants, or that's to say, no man that goes to war entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier alright verse 10 therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Let me go over it again. Alright, I'll be talking briefly on what I call I am a soldier. I am a soldier. So tell somebody, I'm a soldier. 
Be seated. Look at somebody like you're angry with the person. Look at the person like you're angry with the person. Look at somebody like you're angry with the person. Just look at one to another person. One to. Tell the person, I'm a soldier. So behave yourself. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So I just want to share with you what I studied within the week. One of the things God led me to read. So I was blessed when God said I should read it. So I got so blessed that I decided that you also get blessed too. So it's very, very important for us to understand this. If you understand this Bible portion, you have solved 50% of your problem. So that's what I just want to explain in a few minutes. Second Timothy has a background. The background story about Second Timothy is that Paul was the one who wrote the book of Second Timothy. He had already written First Timothy. If you read First Timothy, he's writing like somebody who still has so much life to live. And he is saying a whole lot of instructions and so on. But when he was writing Second Timothy, he was already on house arrest. And there was no hope of him leaving the house arrest. And in fact, he did not leave that house arrest. So his only strength now was to write a letter to people that are not under house arrest for the people to do what he cannot do anymore. And so one of the persons he felt was very, very good to read the instructions he is about to give was Timothy, his very good son in the Lord. So remember I said Paul was in house arrest but he needed to write a letter to people that were not in house arrest for them to do what he cannot do. Very many times when I'm talking to older pastors I see them talk to me telling me what I should do that they could not do. Is it many times pride makes you not to pay attention to people who you feel have not been able to do what you have done? Do you understand? If you see somebody who is not educated call you and advise you on how to take education serious, pride may make you not to take the instructions of the person Because you will start thinking, he is not educated. What does he know about education? And how could he be the one to instruct me? You understand? Imagine me seeing a pastor who barely has 50 members in his church. And doesn't have any branch church. And has not raised any pastor. Except the two disloyal pastors that he inherited from nearby churches. Who are making him to die very soon. And he is advising me. On how to take ministry very serious. And I'm telling him I'm serious. And he says I mean you should be very serious. It is sometimes if pride wants to step in. It can make you start to think. Why should I pay attention to somebody who has not done what I have done. In my country I'm from Nigeria. I don't know where you're from. Many years ago it was a belief. That people should not listen to people who do not have a certain thing or a grace for a particular thing. It was a trend. 
that came to my country was so bad. They said, don't allow a pastor who does not have money to lay hands on you. Because he will be giving you his poverty. He was a trend. This guy in New York was also preaching it. Now he has apologized for it. And preaching something wrong too that he will soon apologize tomorrow. So, it was a trend that if you give to a pastor that is poor and he blesses you, that he blesses you with his poverty. That is, you have just received an impartation of poverty. So, it was a very bad teaching. But when that teaching was going on, being circulated by devil's Bluetooth, when it was being circulated by devil's Bluetooth, some scriptures were ignored. Some scriptures were deliberately ignored. And that scripture became the truth that set us free from those teachings. Because Paul was the one who said, We are poor, yet we make others rich. Not we are poor, yet we make others poorer. We are poor, and our poverty is deliberate. Because of the choice of the cross we have chosen to carry. But that doesn't stop our anointing from flowing. Paul was also the one who was very, very sick. And he kept laying hands on the sick. And the sick recovers. And in fact, he had a particular kerchief. He was sick. He had thorns. The Bible calls it thorns on the flesh. He had eye problem according to Bible commentary people and all of that. So he had a kerchief that he always used to mop his eyes that water always come out of and all of that and his kerchief was called his apron and the bible explained to us that his apron could heal the sick yet he was sick so pride can make you not to take advice or prayers from somebody you think you are more successful than do you get what i'm saying do you understand what i'm saying all right so because in the world, in our society, success is seen as achievement. Success in my society, in your society, is seen as achievement. So if you have uh, one car and have two more and have three more cars, people say, oh, the guy is so successful. Wow. If your fellowship is 15 people, before you know it, 30 people, there was a lady that used to have fellowship, 45 people. She was 19 years. She had fellowship 45 people. Wow. To our society, it was success. That it was success. Great success. And uh, she was an example to believers in words, in purity, in charity, in conversations, and everything. She was. But God does not see success on achievements. God sees success on accomplishments. That is, are you able to do it to the end? Let's go back to the girl. The girl had 45 people in her fellowship. Got to a point that the fellowship was not holding again. Do you understand? There are people that have started pastor school. Became very serious, very serious. Two weeks later, they didn't come again. Until I had to be giving them back on Sunday. And ask them to bring back the back to me on Monday. That's the way they are now in pastor school. So today I'll look for something and give to them to bring back to me on Monday during that so that they can continue. You get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because people feel that success is being born. 
Success is not being born. Success is after you are born, you can be born again till you die. That's success. It's not even that you are born again. See, sometimes you are born again and the devil is not threatened. You just give your life to Christ. And the devil is not threatened at all. Because last year you gave your life to Christ too. Year before last, you gave your life to Christ too. Last man standing, you gave your life to Christ. So you have always been giving your life to Christ. So the devil is no longer threatened by how many hands you lift up when they said how many people want to give their life to Jesus. The devil is now concerned about you not continuing what you have done. Because success for God is accomplishment. That's why very many people have admission. Only few can graduate. So that's success. God sees the end from the beginning. That's why when God is even giving us promises, one of the things he said is that the thought he has for us is of good and not of evil, but to give us what? Expected beginning. Is that the case? Is it expected beginning? Is it expected middle? What expected is he talking about? So all his interest is that you will end well. I think I've told you that Satan's greatest loss is if you follow Jesus to the end. And God's greatest loss is if you follow devil till you die. Do you understand? There was one day, this is 2021, we did 2020 prayers. 2020s. That's the January prayer. 2020. How many of you were born 2020? You were born 2020. Wave your hands to Jesus. Very many were not born. Now, you were born before 2020. Let me see. Okay. Very few. Okay, so now, we did 2020 prayers. That is the first thing we do every January. And there was this guy that did the prayers and fasting. He was mobilized by some of our members. Let me not mention the location. Came down, did the prayer and fasting. In fact, he was a new guy and joined the prayers and fasting and did it for three good days and came out strong. Was even more stronger than some people and testified in the church on Sunday. That Sunday, he said he wants to testify. We said, don't testify. He said, no, 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 no. That what God has done for him, that he must testify. So he testified how he entered the fasting and came out alive and was strong and was a cultist and left the cult group. Is that not an amazing testimony? Does that not look like success? Does that not look like success? <laughs> the guy joined pastor school and became very, very vibrant for him to even enter three days fasting. He has tried. Were you able to enter six to six? January. Were you? You were not. The guy did well. Left the cult group, whatever, and gave his life to Christ. After some time, the devil told him, travel, 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 travel. How many of you have the devil been telling you travel before? This is a time of sincerity. If you don't lift up your hand, I will lift it up wherever you are. Just wave, yes. The devil told the guy, travel. Travel, travel. He now told the devil to wait. He said, Lagos, go Lagos, go Lagos. The devil took the guy away from where he can hear the word that is keeping him. 
He stayed in Lagos. He even traveled without telling me. We tried to look for him. They said he has traveled though. He said his uncle said that his auntie said that his grandmother said that his auntie said that his family members said that their parents said that he should come to Lagos. So he gave excuses and the guide left. After about six months or seven or so, or maybe one year, I can't remember, the guy came back from Lagos. So you are ready to hear this story at all. The guy came back from Lagos. When he came back from Lagos, the word of God he heard had dissolved, has finished. Have you wore starch before? And rain fell on you. And the starch become watery. Now it looks like okra soup. It now become very soft. The word of God he heard had watered down. So the guy now went back and joined his cult group went back for his first operation. First operation. Police met them. Open fire. First person to die, the guy. So the story we are talking about is a story about somebody who gave his life to Christ, ran back, and today he's no more. The true life story. Those of you boys who had that fasting that time, if you can recall, you can recall the first. You will not see him again. So, it is not an achievement that, that they don't baptize me. One guy came back from church and said that they are baptized him. And that after baptizing him, that all things are new. Everything that is now a new creature. All things have passed away. And he now came to the house and opened his fridge. Remove star. And they said, you've been baptized. And he said that the moment they baptized him, everything became new. So he went to a bucket of water, baptized the star, remove it, and said, all things are new, and open it and drank. So achievement is not in, they baptized me in church. I'm now working in church. I'm now in pastor's school. That's not success. Success is accomplishment. That's how able am I able to run to the end. How I am able to run to the end. So you can be in church and you don't make heaven. Not because the grace of God was not there. But because you could not run to the end. Not because you have not accepted Jesus before. Like some people in Uyo deceived us. That you could not hold that which you have received. God, there is this ball that American people play. They will hold football like this and run. What's the name of the match? Rugby. Whenever I see things, well, God uses objects to speak to me in very many occasions. I'll just be looking at mosquito and God will say, see this mosquito? You see the way he's on that girl's leg? You see the way he removed the blood? That's the same way fornication deals with my children. So God uses objects very many times to talk to me. So, I don't like seeing it. So one day, somebody just put it in front of me. You know when you are in maybe Italy or something. So if you don't see it, it looks like you are not uh, civilized. So I just looked at it and we're just running. When you hold it, you just run. And what you have to do is as you run with it. How many of you have seen that football before? No wonder you guys are looking at me. When you run, what you are expected to do is run. People will drag you. And all you have to do is, as you are running, you jump and pass the line. That is it. 
So God told me that all the people who are running with the one who is with something are like demons attacking somebody who has gotten his salvation. And so if you've gotten your salvation, you are supposed to hide it so that the devil will not take it from you because you can lose your salvation. In my book, Charlie and the Preacher, we have about 21 scriptures that can show you that you can lose your salvation. Very many of it. So, you have to run with it until you cross the borderline. If you don't breathe your last, don't leave it. In fact, if you want to leave your salvation, leave it in the hands of Jesus. Just as you reach the Jesus, that salvation will you give me. Take her. Hold on. It should be Jesus. I know one gives it as salvation. It should be Jesus. Say Jesus. You know, say that cannot say Jesus. Okay, Jesus, okay, then you are Jesus. Then say, not in this life, oh. in the other life. Apart from that. So, Paul was about to die, and when Paul knew that he was not going to live again, he was now writing and sending his last message to the church, sending it through Timothy. And so, one of the things he said first was this. Are you there? Can we go back there again? Alright, he says, Thou therefore my son. He was talking to Timothy. Timothy, as at this time, had already become a pastor. It's just like my father writing me a letter. And says, Thou therefore my son. And he said, Be strong. Tell somebody to be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is the mistake a lot of people have have made the field because I am in the dispensation of grace the grace has covered me Jesus grace is upon me and because of that it is not of my works it is the grace of the Lord I operate under the grace we are under the grace you see the Bible say lift up your hands say I am under the grace we are moving in the grace the grace of the Lord Paul said, be strong in the grace. Inside the grace, so be strong. Which means you can be removed from the grace if you are not strong. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Paul said, thou therefore my son, be strong in the grace of the Lord. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So now, he's saying, in this grace of the Lord Jesus that you are inside, you have to be strong. Be strong. Don't say that. May that girl come inside this house. I am walking under the grace of God. They say the girl says she wants to come and spend a week. Even if she likes to spend a month. I say I am operating on the grace of God. Oh, Shabaya. No, 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 no. <laughs> Even in the grace of God, you have to be strong. You have to be strong. Because I've seen people who were in the grace. But they weren't strong. Now they are no longer in the grace. This is Paul talking to Timothy. And he is saying to Timothy, be strong. So he's not telling Timothy, may God make you strong. So he's saying, be strong. That is to say, you have to be deadly, breadly. Do something that makes you strong. You have to deliberately do something that makes you strong. So very many things make people a strong believer, a strong Christian. Very many things make people strong believers. Can I tell you a few things that makes people a strong believer? Your fellowship with God. 
your fellowship with God. Don't grow too busy that you don't even listen to messages. Don't grow too busy that you don't even read the Bible anymore. Don't only read the Bible in church. Don't only read the Bible when there's arguments. Read the Bible as a part of your study routine. I have a book on pastor's routine. And in pastor's routine, I explain why pastors are more anointed than members. And it is not a special kind of anointing that was given to them on their ordination day. But it's because of the little routine they do. They have people to preach to, so they read the Bible. So reading the Bible makes them anointed. They have people to pray for, so they pray. So when they pray, the prayer they pray makes them anointed. They have people to talk to, to counsel, so they counsel. As they talk to the people, God talks to them too. So this routine now makes them anointed. And in my former denomination, God was talking to me that sometimes when people are given some certain offices, and they are no longer pastoring a church, they have tendencies to backslide. Because Saturday is no longer like Saturday. I don't know how pastors feel on Saturday, but Saturday we are always tense. Even though you know what to preach. You are still tense, like you want to take exams. How many of you, every Thursday you are tense? When you wake up and it is Thursday, you are tense. Though you know what to preach, though it's posted, but you are tense because you have so many people to talk to. So, Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, be strong. Be strong. He did not even care that he's talking to Timothy, an anointed person. You don't know Timothy. Timothy, his grandmother was in faith. The mother was in faith. And Timothy also in faith. A pastor of the third generation. A third generation pastor. It's not even like you that your grandfather, Epo, father, idiom, Epo is ghost. The Epo of then wasn't Epo of now. The masquerade is the express image of the ghost. Do you understand? When you see masquerade, masquerade is an express image of the invisible ghost. Do you get? So when we say Ekpo and you say masquerade, you are talking about the express image. Talk about the real something. Okay, so Ekpo, ghost, idiom, sorcery. And you are now the only one that has given your life to Christ. So if Timothy was like that and they said be strong, I would have said, well, they feel he will go back to the Ekpo. But this one is like the third generation pastor. Jamal Bryant was talking and he was saying his grandfather was a pastor. His father, a pastor. Him, Jamal, Bryant, a pastor. But maybe nobody told him, be strong. So he fell into immorality. He slept with somebody's wife. His church of 12,000 dropped down to 800. So you see, let's not be deceived by who was your father, who was your mother, how long they have been in church. Charlie, this advice, be strong. Nobody is bigger than the advice. So turn and tell your neighbor, neighbor, be strong. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't form in the bosque. Be strong. Ability to be strong is ability to stay in God for a long time. If I travel and leave you, maybe to somewhere, and come back after 10 years, will you still be strong? So there are people that they cannot be strong.
See, being strong is actually the deliberate thing. It's a deliberate thing. When I gave my life to Christ, I told myself, I don't want to be among people who say they are believers and they are living the way they like. Because I was this in love with anybody that knows how to sing. So I went to one of our big programs, our youth convention in the church, and one guy was singing, scattering everywhere. He was singing, anointing was everywhere. So I now told the guy that I love the way he sings, that I want to be his friend. I didn't know how to sing then. So the guy became my friend, visited me over here. And we stayed together all of a sudden. In the night, I discovered the guy was homo. Homosexual. So, because my problem now was that in the night, light in my house was off. And I started having touch. I said, what's that? Who's that? He said, it's me. You how? I thought you were a man in the day. He said, yes, I'm still a man. I said, ah, that was my first time of knowing or hearing anything that has... In fact, I didn't know the name homosexuality when I saw that. He was trying to explain. I could not understand what he was saying. So what are you trying to do? He said, I love you. I said, yes, now we all love each other. Is that not why you even come to my house? That's why you're even visiting me now. My parents know I love you. So what is the matter? He said, no, it's not that kind of love. It's deep. I said, Charlie, if I shout... And people come out. When they beat you. And naked you. Okay well do it again. Let me just touch me again. I didn't know you went and bought Vaseline. And bought some things. So now when I. <laughs> when I gave my life to Christ. I now said to God. Because I've seen very many color of people. That were close to God. You understand? I saw many people that were close to God. When you now get deeper into them, you now discover that they are filthy. They are not clean. So when I gave my life to Christ, I said, God, I don't want to be among people that are deceiving themselves. I want to be exceptionally different. I told God, I want to be a Christian in the public and a Christian in the secrets. I told God anything I wouldn't love to do in the outside, I will not do it in my secret. And I started walking towards that. Now, this is a deliberate attempt to be strong. The reason is because I've seen the devil remove people. You don't know the devil. The devil can remove you at any time if you are not strong. The devil can remove you. Being strong, you need to be strong with your principles. Principles are very, very powerful. Principles are your protector. Principles are the things that God gives to you to guide your life. If you are not strong with your principles, you are not worth of trust. Nobody should trust you. Imagine somebody said, I have made up my mind. I will not go to his house again. You went the first time. They raped you. You went the second time. They raped you. Third time. They raped you. Fourth time. They raped you. They raped you seven times in your life for making the same silly mistake. You are not strong. Your principles are not strong. So Paul was talking to Timothy. He says, what I want you to do is that I want you to deliberately be strong in the grace. So, not be strong before the grace. You know, people would have said strong until the grace come. That is to say, when the grace come, it will take over. You don't need strength to hold the ground. Am I talking to somebody? It's like saying paddle the bicycle until you get into the slope. 
when you get into the slope you don't need to paddle again how many of you can ride bicycle here yeah how many people used to ride bicycle in the village have you carried somebody against your wheel before you carry someone against your wheel have you seen a lady that you love and you tell the lady to sit and there was a hill far away to the old rugged cross and the lady said let me come down he said no don't worry i will don't worry and you push after you could not you now stand up and was <laughs> and the lady said let me come down no no don't worry i have the strength i have the strength <laughs> Wow. Many things you have suffered in the hands of girls. How many times have you not given a girl your last transport and trick? And trick. How I wish you love God half of how you love girls. Half, not all, half. You will be very anointed. So, in being strong, there is a deliberate effort. It's not let us be strong until the grace of God comes and help us out. No. Even in the grace of Jesus, you have to be strong. Alright. So the next thing he's saying to him is this in verse 2. Verse 2 is not really my great concern because he's saying, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, things you've heard about me among many witnesses, the same thing I have committed into you. So the things you've heard about me, from many people. I have committed to you. I have committed to you in the front of many witnesses. That is to say, if you hear that I am a pastor of good reputation, I have now committed to you too. You also be a pastor of good reputation. Not, I am a pastor of good reputation and I commit to you a choir of 20 people. And in 6 months, they have slain. So when you hear girls say slay queen, they are slay queen. They were queen before, but somebody slay them. You understand? It should have been slain queens. That's queens that were slain. See, let me tell you something. Satan tells the truth. That is why it is called deception. He tells you a truth. It's like somebody wants to kick penalty. The truth is that he's kicking the penalty. But it is not where his leg is facing. That the ball is entering. Satan tells the truth. But he's not telling you the truth well. So, words like slay queen. When the devil gave them the name, he means it. It is only when rapture has taken place. Satan now comes to power. He will now explain everything to you. He said, I called you a slay queen. You should have known. God is a king. And God is a king of kings. So he makes kings and queens. God doesn't make slaves. All of you ladies are queen. All of us guys are kings. So kings that have lost their glory is the kings that were slain. So he said, I was not lying to you. It's just that you didn't get the point well. I said, that is just it. So this place talks about the things I have committed to you in the front of many witnesses. Hold on to it. Things God has committed to you. See, most times you're even lucky you have a pastor that is staying with you and all of that, teaching you the same powerful thing every time consistently and making you to be strong. What about me that I just went into a classroom had a tutorial. It wasn't even my university. It was just like visiting somebody. I was visiting somebody and the guy wanted to go to a tutorial and I joined the guy in the tutorial and in the tutorial class the pastor preached to me and I gave my life to Christ. 
And from that day, I can't even remember the face of the pastor. I don't even know the pastor again. I can't even meet him. But I just remember it was one Yoruba name and so on. I can't even know the name again. So nobody was there to tell me, be strong, be strong, be strong. Apart from very, very many people, different, different places at different, different times, making me to be strong or reminding me to be strong and all of that. So you have to understand that there are things that God commits to you, okay? And he will ask you one day. Commits it to your care and he will ask you one day. The next part of the scripture, verse 3, is my key verse. Verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness. Because one of the things that makes people not to stand for a long time as a believer is that they cannot endure hardness. They cannot endure hardness. That is, they can be a believer when things are okay. But when there is a little more pressure, they are no longer believers. They cannot endure hardness. So the Bible says, endure hardness as good soldiers. So what it's saying is that, there are people here that if Nigeria becomes very, very good, well, I don't know whether there are such people, but let me believe that there are people that if Nigeria becomes very good, and all the citizens of the country are being paid two two hundred thousand naira monthly. Father, let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. So all the citizens of the country are paid two two hundred thousand naira daily. Do you know nothing will happen to Nigeria economy? Each citizens of the country are paid two two hundred thousand. That is average. That is if you don't have a job and so just two two hundred thousand, they just give you two two hundred thousand. That is citizenship allowance to be a citizen of the country. If you are from Cameroon, that's your business. But as far as you are a Nigerian, they just give you two two hundred thousand. It's upkeep. If you are working with the NYSC or whatever, they still give you your lalawi. But this is your citizenship allowance. It is the president telling you thank you for being from my country. It's just wow. All right. So I believe maybe there are people that things are that smooth. Their father and mother are rich. I don't know if this thing is going to be very nice. And they give them a car. As you just have admission, they tell you, okay, well, take the other Rolls Royce. Will Rolls Royce be good enough by then? No, 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 no. So that kidnappers will not kidnap you. Okay, maybe you take the other Mercedes Benz and be going to school. I would want to believe as a human being that because things are smooth, the person would just give his life to Christ. But you see, that's not how soldiers are trained. If you are a woman, very beautiful, the moment you enroll into the army, the first thing they want to do to offend you is to cut off your hair and put you on some sincere training until your soft hand become hard. Your body now become like somebody who is fighting wrestling. You get what I'm saying? So there are things that God knows that you will not be good with this softness. Let me introduce some hardness for you. There are times that God sees you and you are too soft for the ministry. You are too soft for him to use. Too, too weak. Have you been praying for me? Imagine like last Sunday, came to church before 6 o'clock, preached first service, second service, third service, and preached an expression. And I left the church by past 11 in the night. Reached the house like just a few minutes to 12 in the midnight. If God trained me in a Jebota way, I would have slumped in one of the services. With milk, honey, and every good, good things of life. But I took it very many times. God had put me on dry fasting before. Dry fasting of three days dry in a whole month. That is, out of seven days a week, you eat four days and give me three days. I said, God, I'm in year three. 
school is on because that's your business so sometimes i'll get out of a vehicle and the wall will be void and darkness will cover the face of the deep and the person will say give me money give me money he doesn't know i don't see him i'm just hearing let there be lights i'm not seeing anybody and god said that's how i'm training you that's how i'm training you i said why are you training me like this he said, because of where i'm taking you to I don't want to take you to a place and you are too weak for where I'm taking you to. I want you to be strong. There are many people that the enemy has cracked with their hands. When they present you, the enemy crack you with your hands because you did not pass through the things that God wanted you to pass through to be strong. Okay, you feel God is happy to put you under hunger. God is not happy to put you under hunger, but that's what you need to be strong. So the Bible said, endure hardness. Very many people cannot endure hardness. When things are a little bit hard, they don't seem to relate that God can allow them go through something hard. You understand? Yeah. They don't endure hardness. When you are the one paying your fees, you don't understand that there's a training that God is giving to you that is different from the training that others who parents are paying their fees are going through. Parents pay their fees and you pay your own fees. You don't even understand that you have started living like somebody that have left the university. And the training that God is giving to you in year two is a training this guy will now have when he finishes university. You can hustle, pay your school fee, and still have a good grades. And this person does not understand anything about hustling. So when he now finishes university, that he will now go to a school of survival. How to survive? Because in Nigeria, when you are done with school, family wash hands out of you. They feel they have finished everything with you. They have settled you. In fact, if your father dies after that, they shape people and they give somebody to you for you to also train. That they are finished with you. So, but for people that God decided to increase their little hardness, they become extraordinarily strong and able to do some great and powerful things because God had trained them on time. So the Bible says, endure hardness as soldiers. Of Jesus. Soldiers of Jesus. Wow. Is it amazing? There are people that cannot endure hardness. That is, they have one clothes. And they cannot wear their one clothes and smile. They are feeling so bad. That everybody in refiners, this is the clothes I wore last Sunday. Everybody in church will know. We don't know the clothes you wore last Sunday. We won't even know that you have repeated clothes. We won't even know. I'm telling you the truth. In fact, the more people become very rich, the more they streamline themselves to one kind of clothes. If you watch Buhari in many occasions, you ask yourself whether it is only one clothes he has. If you watch Good Lord Jonathan in very many occasions, you will ask yourself whether it is only one clothes that he has. Do you understand? If you watch Bell Jones 100 messages, you ask yourself whether he has only one clothes. But when you see a poor person, he changes clothes. Very many clothes. Hundred a cricket is not equal to one this thing that is good. So when you find somebody who is disturbing himself, he disturbing himself. This was a shoe I wore last week. I wore this one week before last. And last week also. And today I'm wearing the shoe. We don't even see the shoes. Even if you wear shoes one month, we don't even look at the shoes. All the people that would have looked at the shoes have preached, they have repented. They don't look at shoes. Your hair, they don't even know whether you've made new hair or not. Just focus and save God. If God decides not to give you the money you expect, still save him. 
I was saying something last week, but I don't know if anybody got what I said. I said that I believe that God has blessings for me. And very many blessings. But I don't also know where his testing will come from. Do you understand? That's to say, I believe that God can heal all the people I lay hands on. Yeah, if I pray for somebody who is sick, that person can receive healing automatically. But I don't also know where his testing will come from. Because it is in his testing that will qualify me. That is to say, I believe God can make me heal anybody I lay hands on. But if his testing is that he will make somebody I pray for not to recover, so as to see if I will leave him because the person has not recovered, then that can be the test in the middle of everything I do. Because God tests. They don't fix a date like school. They fix a date and say tomorrow is our test and everybody come prepared. God's test can come anytime. You understand? It can come anytime. And one of the greatest tests of God is a test of love. Do you still love me? That's what God asked Peter. He said, do you love me more than this? Jesus wasn't around for some time. None of them had food to eat. And they were like that. It looks like the ministry has ended. Nothing was moving on. Peter turned all of the pastors into fishermen. Took them to Istanbul. Entered the boat. And they started fishing. Jesus appeared and was talking to them. After they have gotten a whole fish. Pastors preach about the miracle of how they got very many fish. After toiling for a whole night. They preach about that. But the Bible said. After he removed the fish. And brought it outside. Before he even brought the fish from that place outside. The Bible said Jesus was roasting a fish. How did he have a fish to roast? When he did not have a hook. So when they all brought their fish down, Jesus said, do you love me more than this and all of that and all of that? And after that, they left everything and followed him. Other pastors can preach about the man who came that morning and saw a miracle fish. Now, I don't know which one is the greatest miracle. The guy who harvested great fishes after Jesus told him, try one more time. Because I don't want to preach about cheap miracles. I want to preach on the most expensive. Jesus said, try one more time. And he tried one more time and got all the fishes. The second miracle is that after he got all the fishes, he got what he prayed for. Jesus said, drop it and follow me. He dropped it. That's the second miracle. I don't know because it depends on which one you want to preach. If you get into the ministry, you have to choose what you'll be preaching. If you are preaching on the man who gets every fish, and now start telling your members, receive fishes or receive bountiful fishes and all of that. That can be a whole preaching for a lifetime. Before you now die and understand that the greatest miracle was after I have had all of this. I drop it and still follow him. And another person can preach on the morning miracle. Now the morning miracle is the guy who came to the seashore on the morning and saw fishes and did not see the honor. And start packing it. And enjoyed himself. But what about the people. Who said God after all of this. If I take this fish. And eat it. They will finish. The money will finish. And I will look for you again. To do the miracle. Let me abandon the fish. And follow you. Because if I have you. I always have the fish. 
So God talks to us about enduring hardship. In fact, King James is saying hardness. As good soldiers of Christ, endure hardness. That is to say, very many times, God will deliberately allow things to be a little bit tough. Just to make you tougher. God will allow some things not to be the way you predicted. Just because of the training he wants to make you to become. Wow. Amazing. So I don't like police more than how I like army. If I have two army around me, I'm more comfortable than having 20 policemen around me. I don't care where the army are from. But I trust the training they put them through. So if 20 people go for army, at the end, it can be 5 people that are left. If 20 people go for police recruitment, at the end, there will be 50 people. Ghost names will enter and many other ones. The soldiers, the harder the training, the more qualified they are. The harder the training, the more qualified they are. The harder the training, the more qualified they are. The problem with you is that when God wants to introduce you to hardness, you fail. And start the journey all afresh. When you give your life to Jesus new, everything you ask God, he will give you. People that like to give their life to Christ today, when you just give your life to anything, you ask him, just ask him. When you say, God, I need 10,000 now. Two people will just 5,000. How are you doing? Just send me your account. 5,000. He said, Lord, I need this. They will just, after some time. Because when you are a child, anything you ask, they always give you. After some time, they will now have to explain to you how much salary they receive. For you to understand that you don't need to ask something like an idiot. You say, mommy, I want us to enter a plane. You say, idiot. Your father, 52 years, he has not entered a plane in his life. His salary is 25,000. That 25,000, they have to remove this, remove this, remove this. That's why we are owing Chisholm. Pay attention to this. I'm closing here. The more God introduces you to a little hardness, the more you become qualified to be used by him. But many of us don't want to be introduced to the hardness. That's why you cannot be a good soldier. There are things that will happen and God will only want to recommend soldiers and will not recommend you because you did not want to go through the hardness. You did not want the hardness. You want the easy way out. Easy way out. For more than 10 years now, I don't pray the kind of prayers you pray. Lord, please give me money. Give me this. Give me this. Give me this. Give me. I pray prayers like where you lead me, I'll follow. Whatever thing you want me to do for you, tell me. Those are the things that qualifies people. See, God trains. He trains people. Check the people that God has trained. Check how qualified they have become. Maybe Abraham had a brother. And God decided to train Abraham. And the brother is living in their father's house and all of that. And God said to Abraham, leave your father's house to a place I'll make you. And pull him out of his father's house. From that time, he started paying house rent. He started living alone. He started hustling for himself. And so on. The other one that is living in the father's house does not have any problem. Now, Abraham has become a great nation. The brother is not. When God is training you, he doesn't hate you. He loves you more than the person he's pampering. I'm telling you. I'm talking to somebody here who thinks that the things you are going through is that you are forsaken by God. No. I have seen a mother hand over the baby to a nanny to wash. 
and the nanny is washing the baby and the baby is crying and strengthening the girl's leg and so on because if i don't strengthen your leg like this you will now be walking like that when you walk like this no husband i want you to walk straight so i wouldn't mind how much you cry as far as this will make you better i don't want to pamper you and tomorrow you don't like yourself i want to be hard on you a little so that when you now grow up and see how beautiful you are you will be able to love me for the things i put you through now i give god the glory for some things he put me through because they become the reason why i am exceptional the training you can't buy them with money it is the grace of god so submit yourself to every training of the lord if he tells you to pray midnight come on pray if he tells you to fast come on fast if he tells you to run away from something run away from something be hard on him as he's hard on you you will see what you will become you need to be around when they are doing recycling of something there are these recycling companies around us even in parani there's a recycling company even in uh, ona there's a recycling company they pick all this rubber put it in a machine grind it and recycle it use it produce another rubber if you see the processes involved you will feel it's hectic but when you see what was recycled they will tell you that this product is not from raw material it is from a recycled material you will never know the difference between that one and the one that's on the raw material see when god checks history and see great people like idahosa and wants to recycle such people in our generation sometimes we don't want to go through it because we feel they are too hard for us if you don't go through it how will you become what god has always planned for you so paul said endure hardness tell somebody endure hardness as a good soldier in verse 10 he says endure everything he's saying therefore i endure all things because now timothy wants to be like paul and paul is telling him the secret of his anointing i endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation that is in christ jesus i endure all things what is all things i endure hunger i endure pain i endure shame because of the sake of jesus I endure not enough because of the sake of Jesus. I endure everything. Paul said, "Let me tell you my story, Timothy. I have endured all things. I've endured all things." Because maybe Timothy met Paul when he had blown, had become great. I was talking to the pastor of Glory Wall, and I was appreciating him for the great work that he is doing, and I told him many years ago, like 13 years ago, when I first met him, Sometimes Pastor James said he can used to do rehearsal in his church and the whole church was a big place that was built and was not complete and most times we'll go there do rehearsal and the man is lying down on the pulpit praying not a tile pulpit so something like this would lie down there and is praying sometimes you just see him sit down for hours like 13 to 12 hours reading you go and come back and he's still there reading the bible 13 years after their church becomes the biggest church in Eketz that if a church wants to do program they have to check if it clashes with that program know that you won't have success much 
endure hardness. So maybe Timothy met Paul when he had blown. He saw a big auditorium, nice, nice places. Governors are coming. So say, Paul, please, I'll be running for a governor in the next thing. I want you to lay hands on me. And does not understand how it all started. And so Paul is telling his story here. He says, I endure all things. I endure all things. I endure poverty. I endure no clothes. I endure all things. I endure no shoe. All things. All things. Have you walked like this as walking? Your leg is touching the real ground. People who see you and they think that you're wearing shoes, they don't know that your legs are on the ground. I've endured that too. Have you been so broke and you meet somebody, pray for the person, and the person recover, and the person wants to give you money? God said, no, don't take the money. I've endured that too. I said, I should not take the money. And now, so God, let me take it and use it for your work. He said, no, don't take it. I said, hey, how do I go? You will go. You will go. I will lead you. I endure all, Paul said, I endure all things. A girl saw my picture in University of Port Harcourt. Then I was not in the university. A girl saw my picture, collected my phone number and was calling, begging. And I said, God, why is this girl calling me when I just gave my life to Christ? All along in my life, no girl saw my picture and loved me. I just gave my life to Christ and the girl saw my picture, has not even seen me and is falling in love. I've endured that too. Have you seen somebody who can wipe your poverty away by you just saying yes? I mean a man that you just see and he drives down. You can't tell whether he's handsome or not, but the things around him makes him handsome. The car he's driving, everything. Can you endure that one? Because you can be speaking in tongues. And you can be speaking in tongues. And somebody said, I want to sleep with you. Very blunt. You know you're insulting me. I'm a child of God. Don't insult me again. I'll give you 10,000. Stop that nonsense. What's 10,000? 20,000. If you say that, it's just 100,000. St- Start that. <laughs> if not that I don't insult people, I would have... My mother too, I should not be rejecting offer. This week, I'm actually praying for breakthrough. He said, because you are sincere, I'll make it 150,000. He now said, should I pack my load and come over to your house? <laughs> Bow your heads, everybody. Endure hardness. Very many of you, you are very cheap because you cannot endure hardness. Hardness. One day, the devil will be interviewing his agents. Are you paying attention to me? One day, the devil will be interviewing his agents and will tell his agents, Agent Rebecca, how did you get that idiot? And they mentioned the name. How did you get that idiot? They mentioned the name of the idiot. Maybe any name or so. He said, <laughs> my lord, I just got him by coming to his house and wash plates. And he could not resist me. That's how I got him. He said, you have done well. And now call another demon. Demon Titus. How did you get blessing? He said, <laughs> not much. You know she is desperate anytime money is mentioned. I told her I'll give her money. Though I didn't give her, but I slept with her. Said that was nice. Demon Delilah. How did you get Samson? <laughs> uh, he likes pampering. He likes pampering. You know he's always depressed. 
So he likes pampering. He was complaining on Facebook. So I told him he should come over to the house. So when he came to my house, I told him he should just lie down on my laps. That's how he told me every of his secrets. That his anointing is salvation. So I made him sleep with me and he lost it. He said, wow, that's powerful. Demon Jezebel. How did you get this? First. When demons will be doing interview, may they never mention you among the people they got. Father, help us. Give us the grace to be hard. And give us the grace to endure hardship as good soldiers. Help us to endure hardness. Help us to endure all things. No matter what the devil will bring. Let us endure it. And come out strong. Beautiful. Powerful. Unique. Blessed. In Jesus name. We rebuke the plans of the enemy. We rebuke the tricks of the devil. We rebuke the spirits of backsliding. We rebuke the agents of darkness that the enemy is using after us. We pray in the name of Jesus that we shall succeed. We shall accomplish it. And we shall be successful. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Alright. I want to pray for special people. Stay close your eyes. I want to pray for some special people. Close your eyes. I don't know if you will love to fall. I don't know whether you will love your name to be mentioned one day and they say, Ah, that guy was so spiritual, though. The guy was spiritual, but uh, he fell. I don't know how you will fail. So, right now, I want to pray for people who say, Lord, I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fail you. I don't want to fail you. So if you are like that, if you don't want to fail God, I want you to lift up your left hand wherever you are. And for people who want to give their life to Jesus, if you are in the house, you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to lift up your right hand. If you are the two, lift up two hands. And I'm praying for you from here. People who say, Lord, I don't want to fail you. I know the devil does not like me to stand. I don't want to fail you. Lift up your left hand. Somebody who said, Lord, I want to be your child. Lift up your right hand. And receive the prayers right now. Let's be upstanding, everybody. Lift up your hand. When I say lift it up, lift it up. This life you gave is not my own. Yes, who are the ones lifting up their hands? If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your right hand lifted up. If you want Jesus to uphold you and make you not the fall, lift your uh, left hand upward. Let's pray. Father, I pray for hands lifted up. I pray in the name of Jesus that our hands are uphold. We are upheld right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. People have failed you in many generations. People have left your ordinances. People have become rebels. Friends have torn enemies of the kingdom. 
the Lord Jesus our hands are lifted up hold us keep us protect us deliver us help us Lord we want to arrive safely we want to do it to the end we want to be with you on last day we don't want to lose out of this race forgive our sin oh Lord forgive our negligence forgive our backwardness and backsliding help us Jesus to uphold and to run the race till we can find you till you will tell us well done thank you Jesus for all the people accepting you as their Lord and Savior this morning I pray Lord Jesus for forgiveness I pray Lord Jesus that your door of mercy is open unto them I pray right now that Jesus fill them with your love fill them with that joy of salvation write their name in the book of life so as many that have received you Lord give them power to become sons of God in Jesus name I pray yes Lord